0: Simeon and Anna. Simeon and Anna remind me a little of Ted and Eva. Ted was the patriarch of the congregation I served in Ottawa. Retired from many years of service on session, father and father-in-law of leaders in the congregation, grandpa and great-grandpa of half the Sunday school, Ted was the living memory of the congregation, When younger members had no choice but to consider change in the Church, someone would say, What will Ted say? So I brought change to the Church just by being there, and one Sunday I turned up wearing a white alb. There were audible gasps in the congregation. After a couple of Sundays, Ted came up to me at coffee hour and Loud and clear said, I like your new gown. The church is so dark, I can see you now. And that settled it. The next week, the board hired an electrician to improve the lighting in the sanctuary. (laughs) This is true. This is true. So I mentioned one day that we could do without a pew that was front and center, There were audible gasps. Then after a funeral in the church, Ted asked me loud and clear, when are we going to take that pew out so we can have more room for a funeral and the elders won't be so crowded at communion? The next week, the pew disappeared. Eva was the matriarch of another congregation. I served as interim minister for about a year and a half widow of the founding and longest-serving pastor, mother of the most active elder, stalwart of the Women's Missionary Society, a woman of strong opinions. And when younger members and past ministers of the congregation had no choice but to consider change in the church, one question hung in the air. What will Eva say? Well, I guess I was blessed to know her in her very last years. She was always supportive of my work. And more important, though she mourned the past, she had great hope for the future of her church. Ted and Eva, spiritual grandparents. It's one of the blessings of pastoral ministry, but it's a blessing we can all share. Now, we know nothing of Jesus' Galilean or Judean grandparents. Joseph's father has two different names in the gospel genealogies. Tradition assigns names and stories to Mary's parents, but in the gospel, Gabriel speaks to Mary by her own name alone when he visits her in Nazareth. We only know that Joseph is a descendant of David, and some of his family live in Bethlehem. But Mary and Joseph travel to Bethlehem on their own. And then they go up to Jerusalem as a family of three. They fulfill the law in their own right. Luke mentions the law three times at the beginning of the story and again at its end. So Joseph and Mary make sure Jesus is properly named and circumcised and then dedicated to the Lord as a firstborn must be. The law says that Mary must also be declared ritually clean after childbirth. So she and Joseph make sure that that's looked after too. And at the temple, they meet two wonderful spiritual grandparents. So we often overlook Simeon and Anna. Their story comes up on the first Sunday after Christmas sometimes when many of us take a holiday from the church, preachers too. So Mary and Joseph are tired as they trudge toward the temple. Simeon and Anna shuffle on and off the stage. But shouldn't the last act of the Christmas pageant be theirs? Their shining moment. Simeon and Anna remind us that Christmas isn't just for the children. Spiritual grandparents... They welcome Jesus into the family. They bind him with a cord of love that connects him with all the generations of his nation. With wisdom and insight, they look ahead as only grandparents can, with both anticipation and warning, and both of them are to be heeded. Wisdom and insight, anticipation and warning. When one of the spiritual grandparents of Glenview died, when Helen Oakes died, her nephews remembered all of those things, especially the warnings. But Simeon is righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit rests on him. He keeps the law of God and Moses. He answers its call to prayer and sacrifice. He holds the hope of the prophets. He's the ideal elder of Israel, and he speaks and acts as both prophet and priest. And Anna is three times honored. She has lived beyond the Psalms fourscore years. She has lived at least 60 of those years in the temple, and she is recognized as a prophet. And Anna becomes the first apostle, the first to preach the gospel in the temple and the city. Mary and Joseph are amazed at what these two old saints have to say about Jesus. Despite all they've heard about their son so far, could this be the first time they see the path that is ahead? Amazed? Scared? They need a blessing. They need assurance. They need vision. And who better to provide those necessities than Simeon and Anna, grandparents, indeed. Those of you who grew up into faith with the help of the Church, who were your spiritual grandparents? And even if you're new to the faith and the Church, I'll bet you can think of people who nurtured you, encouraged you, touched your spirit in some way that helped you be who you are today. What makes a spiritual grandparent? Not always maturity in years, but always maturity in faith. We don't have to be old to be mature in faith. Growth in age and growth in faith don't always go together. But life experience shapes our faith. And more important, how we accept and benefit from experience determines the health and longevity of our faith. And at any age, our response to change can strengthen or weaken our faith. The more mature we are in faith, the less frightened we are of change. The more able we are to look back and see how much change has given us the more hopeful we will be, even when the future isn't clear. Grandparents. Let's compare our memories of our parenting to our grandparenting. Parents, compare what you see when your parents are with your children to what you remember about how your parents parented you. And great aunts and granduncles and honorary grandparents, the same challenge. Now, this isn't a scientific study, but I have good reason to suggest that we will see a lot more grace in our grandparenting and being grandparented than in our parenting. It's hard to be 100% grace, mercy, or peace when you're in the thick of things, raising your own children, when your experience of life is still young, and when your view of the world is so often as small as your child's bed, because it has to be for a time and a good purpose. That's why it's so important for children to grow up knowing people who are older than their parents, learning from them, appreciating their gifts and the love they freely give. What you and I know of parenting and grandparenting is a parable of the life of faith. Mary and Joseph's world stretches as far as the shadow they cast on the steps into the temple. It's the outline of two weary people, one carrying a tiny boy child, the other a little box, with the poor man's offering inside. That's all they can manage. Simeon and Anna invite them to lift their eyes and see a wider world, a world that will belong to their son, a world he will belong to. Simeon sees clearly. The writer Lauren Winner says, Simeon is unlike the other witnesses in Luke's telling of the story, Simeon doesn't have an angel to tell him where to look and what to look for. He just looks at this tiny scrap of a baby and sees the salvation of the world. Now, the chances are Simeon's eyes aren't very good. Cataracts are as common in his time as they are in ours, but there's no treatment. Elders in Bible stories usually need help seeing anything. But Simeon sees all he needs to see. And he's ready to end his service, even his life, if God wills. And Anna, too, sees and is glad to go out and proclaim the good news with all the strength and voice she can muster. Simeon and Anna are both as free as birds. That's mature faith in action, it liberates, and it's fearless. Growth in age and growth in faith don't always go together, and there is a lot we can do along the way to stunt the growth of our faith. But at any age, at any age, we can nourish our faith so it grows wider and goes deeper. But it's up to us. It helps at any age if we have or we can remember spiritual grandparents people who who have lived mature faith and provide patterns for us to follow, not perfect people, rather people who knew enough not to give up hope because of imperfection, failure, pain, and loss. Mature faith is about confidence in God, hope for the future, aware that the world is far greater than what we have known in the past, or what we can see now, or what we fear about the future. Mature faith is about knowing the path forward isn't straight or clear and staying on it anyway. And spiritual grandparents know that well. Amen.